That's not very good. That's not good wine. No. Damn it. This one, though. What's the point of drinking if it's not good, though? Okay, hold on. <laughs> I have answers. Hold up. Uh. Oh, that is bad. <clears throat> I was already recording. Fa, 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 fa. That was great. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of No Skips Podcast. I am Lisa. I'm Jack. We are here tonight. So what, 33, 34? Who knows? 3,000. Andre 3,000 is the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, to cover Notorious B.I.G. Ready to die. Ready to die. I feel that. If you are in the if you are in the mid '90s, pro tip: just don't don't title your album relating to death. It was uh it was a little prescient. Both, yeah, foreshadowing. A little little too little too close on the nose. But then would it have been quite as as classic, quite as all timer? Maybe yeah. not. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> turns out ready to been. live. Ready Re- to be balling. Ready to re- contribute to my four hundred one k. This album is fantastic. It's it, it is it is. I I I'm happy. I'm I'm sad looking back on it because I can remember some of the news reportage through the mid '90s about the East Coast West Coast beef. Mm-hmm. It's sad to think about really talented people getting in each other's shit and yeah, escalating tensions. However, behind it with some incredible music and very True. different music very different music i had not um we'd done tupac <clears throat> for two weeks because all eyes on me is a 27 mm-hmm. track opus opus thank you um palette cleanser ccr not the way to go and then here we are with notorious big and i'm glad we saved this one for the end um this was a real treat thank you john fogarty by the way i still love you i do not fine are you dead yet fogarty wow someone asked siri no, no. Okay, sorry. don't ask Siri. Anyway, interestingly enough, the album was released 27 years ago yesterday, September ah. 13th, 1994. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, this was his debut album, which I did not know. Mm-hmm. See, this, it is so... The age of 22. Shut up. Mm-hmm. He was 22? He was 22 when this was Jeez. released. At 22... I was still watching like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I was still in diapers. Yeah. You were still in diapers. Um, wow, to have lived yep. this, to have lived a life this full and, and recorded this this young, and it be this good. Not good. Good is 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 a is an understatement. Uh, complete. Complete. Again, I, it is incredible. It, yeah, this it is, really re- is this is the first album I've loved from the first listen mm-hmm. from the show. I think others like, I, like, even though I like Dark Side of the Moon, and it really, it really struck sure. me. There, I'd but say, did it I'd hit say on about, the first listen as much as this one, right? And I would say about half the tracks on Dark Side of the Moon are kind of like oh, I could. Half the tracks, I like. Half. You mean like eight? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a big enough amount. I think I just want to listen to Breathe over and over again, which is back to my normal. All right, my normal life. But fair enough. But Ready to Die is. Incredible. It's a powerhouse. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, let's see, what do I have here? This was released on yeah, September thirteenth, nineteen ninety four on Bad Boy Records and Arista Records. Mm-hmm. Um nineteen ninety four, again, a, in a colossal year in music. We could correct. have done a whole show on the albums that came out in ninety four. Apparently. To, we may even have a couple more albums left on ninety four. Yeah. Yeah, you Paul, don't know. Was, well, Paul's Boutique was 89, 80? Yeah, it was in 80s. Like that. Well, that's coming up at some point. Somehow it only hit fifteen on the Billboard top two hundred. Um, I think it deserved higher than that, if it, I'm being fully honest. But but America, wider spread America wasn't ready for that sound yet. I think you're right. That's that's the thing. No, you're right. Because you, because and you had and you had people, white politicians and white you know conservative types, actively pushing against the adoption. And it's really interesting reading about the recording of this album. Um, one of the producers in many quotes is like you need to you need to cool off like they're going to people they're going to be out for us like like for instance the, the there's a couplet where he's he says i don't care if you're pregnant you know right, yeah, for, give one. me the loop right yeah. uh the loop give the me the loot 
give me the loot we're going to enunciate um he's like we're we're gonna like he he, he came to to sean puffy combs and said you're you're gonna need to slow the roll on this one because like there are people out there that are not going to take kindly and this could blow back in our faces and sean was like no and then later he did in fact you know oh biggie it. biggie went to not no no one of the producers one did. of the producers yeah. did i was gonna one be like pro- yeah no no biggie biggie was always full tilt <laughs> yeah through the recording you can of feel this. it you can hear it yeah and so so the inevitable comparison comes up and what's neat about spending so much time with this right after tupac is that here are two young, vital, incredibly fully formed, charismatic, and yet very different rappers and very different sort of people, right? Mm-hmm. D- different artists, mm-hmm. right? With different charisms. Because as a rapper, technically speaking, Biggie, no, no question, as far as I go. Right. And I, didn't, I'm not I did not know that. I didn't. Right. Until I heard this, I was like, oh, no. Far and away, Biggie was the superior rapper. Far and away. Sorry, Tupac, you were great. Yes. This man is on, is just on a, he's just playing in a different league. Right. That's all. And and I think, again, Tupac, uh, the charm was there, Mm -hmm. the work ethic, the presence, like, just like how certain actors have screen presence. You're like, I just want to see that guy on screen. Tupac, I just wanted to hear him. He was fun to listen to. Whereas Biggie is just remarkable to listen to Correct. right you're you're on and and you look back through and, and read about the recording of some of these songs he was he was putting stuff down uh half an hour before recording right. it just just incredible mm-hmm. he's a great lyricist he's a great yep. rapper this is this was an incredible one to really go through uh this was his only album released while he was alive sadly yeah. life after death was released 16 days after he was murdered in yeah. 1997, so... Again, spooky. Spooky times. Yeah, it was a weird... Yeah, no wonder everyone felt like there was this weird mystery... Right. Crazy... Conspiracy shri- yeah. stuff, every uh, everything. And it was like, this, yeah, this isn't good. They knew, though. They wouldn't be rapping about these things if they didn't know that they were walking this line right this perilous yeah yeah i mean they they said they, they weren't they weren't kidding about the you lifestyle you don't write this many lyrics about guns and <laughs> and and yeah. you know bulletproof vests and whatnot and be like right. no this is just fun these are fun lyrics these are fun topics <laughs> right yeah right like, these are things very near dear and and necessary yeah. to us well so. and, and it comes out it comes out right again he's he's in recording this he's 2021 20, 22 right so around in young there to be dealing with that shit is so, so young. young but that's what it comes through right is he comes out as an old soul it's like right. you have experienced more in your very difficult life than some people have gone through in, mm-hmm. in a life two or three times as long right like and, and it and it and that paired with an incredible kind of uh yeah a wit and intelligence mm-hmm. of a incredible skillfulness yeah skillfulness with words because you know, in, in the sort of hagiography hey later in the album, when there's the I don't know who it is, I didn't look it up, but a who's the the female interviewer is saying, "Well, when did you start rapping?" Yeah. He's like, "Well, 20. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah, or I think he's like, like, eighteen you, or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. He's like, are you, are you are you kidding? Right? Like like this is this is just something you kind of picked up, but you kind of believe it just because where did, where does this where does this stem from? Can you explain it? No. There are l- artists that are on a certain level where there there, there is a gift. Mm-hmm. It kind of seems to come unbidden and not unbidden because obviously B's life, you know, explained his his source material, but it didn't explain how good he was at it. Absolutely. Shall we get into it? Let's do it. Track one is the intro, which is which is in- so I, I've listened to this album many times. This is probably the only album I've given as many listens to as I have. This one's probably gotten close to 10 at this yeah. point uh, over the past week, which is a lot. Uh, yeah. And. I, I these first few songs I listened to, but I would I would almost after a certain point I'd almost start at uh, life at or no ready to die sorry mm. ready to die was where I would start, um, but the intro is good because it's it's like it's the beginning it begins with like the sounds of labor like a baby crying a woman you hear the heartbeat as well, and it's there's like a very fun and triumphant like sounding fanfare to the child's mm-hmm. arrival. Mm-hmm. And then once the song changes, then you start hearing like what appear to be his parents fighting mm-hmm. over how difficult their son is now. And yeah. And then the song continues to change one or two more times until it's just like a chaotic scene of a, was it a robbery or a, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, then, the, yeah, the song scoring, the the, the songs of his of his youth, like you mm-hmm. know, the, the like the the background, like the, yeah. the the soundtrack to his to his youth. Mm-hmm. Which funny funny note, it's it's one of the producers, it was one of the older producers, uh, claims credit for for playing the the the, the yelling father, and they oh. it, it's so it's so <laughs> That's funny. it's it's really sweet because this was just done in on such fairly short timetable and with a very small set of personnel and, and just like you know, just like when we talked about you know Pink Floyd right when they're like hey we're gonna do these interview snippets it was just people who were around in the studio right, right? you wanna get someone on a mic who's around and so this is uh, this is uh, Prince Charles Alexander the producer who was mm-hmm. around and it was like the other guys were trying to take and he's like I am I can be an angry black man like let me have it and he just rips into it and they were just dying laughing because he was more he was older and he was more professional than a mm-hmm. lot of people in the studio at the time. And just to see him just cut loose. <laughs> and it is it a very wild, convincing yeah. take. So. It is. And of course, and then the intro ends with him being released from prison, talking right. about what he's going to be doing and, and whatnot. And yep, all the plans he has coming up. And then it just rolls into track two. Things done changed. Things done changed. And now uh, the other note is um, if you find on archive.org, if you look up Notorious B.I.G. OG version. There is an interesting history because so much of rap and hip hop are tied up with samples and sample usage and sample clearance. And unfortunately, despite um, this album's use of samples being totally under what now would be fully, I mean, even then, what now and then would have been considered fair use, which is transformative. You know, there, there are a couple of stipulations, short sequences, and it's a transformative work. That's under fair use. They didn't argue when the original version of the album got legal disputes and so that they legally changed. So the original version of the album is not the version that we were listening to mm-hmm. and most people hear now. So if you look on archive.org, you can download and listen. It's really interesting. So like some of the songs for the intro, for example, mm-hmm. are different songs because oh, they couldn't get clearances for them. And then a couple of the other ones. And it's just it's a really neat for 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 a rank and file random album. I'd say, well, whatever. But this is such a huge album, and it's so interesting to hear. You can hear a bunch of like Juicy, for example, has a different beat from a different producer. And so it it it, it just it's a really, really cool yeah it's a really cool study. We're not going to be covering. It. I'm just bringing it up now because it's like, please check it out. It's super cool to just go through the track listing and be like, what changed here? What mm. sample couldn't they clear? Or what well, you know what what got changed for various reasons? So I'm just going to put that in there. Excuse me. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't yeah. know all that about that. Things um, don't change. Things don't change. Obviously, during this time, the whole West Coast East Coast feud everything is super tumultuous and chaotic and whatnot um and we're talking about new york city we are talking we, about new york we, city. we think about new york city as 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 uh you know giuliani city as the latter day new york where it's pretty clean and it's kind of kept on a tight leash mm-hmm. through the 70s 80s and early 90s new york was a pretty grim scene and that's kind of what this song is kind of laying out mm-hmm. and it's good to remember because it's right. like he's <laughs> this is where Biggie became Biggie was was on the streets of you know right. of Brooklyn. But but even even on the streets of Brooklyn, even in you know bleak New York in the eighties and nineties, it has the same. I mean, he's starting off by saying it was it was fun. There were barbecues, there were hangouts, there were yep. games, there were get-togethers. Like absolutely, it was, it was fun. And then it just slowly over time changed. And yes. yeah, that that would not be in line with some of the trajectories of, of some people's childhoods would be like oh it got rough like no it didn't get rough like this got rough this yeah. is a different kind of rough that this went to yeah. so it rolls from from that kind of fun to um people dying gunfights dead bodies everything like that did not have that certainly no <laughs> so streets of corsicana texas were not that bad <laughs> we lost our corn dog seven that was the most devastating thing that happened it's so it's it, what's interesting to me is is sonically you want know, to again talk about sort of west coast east coast mm-hmm. this is a very new york album to me like just the way that um new york producers would chop beats and like it has it bears even though i mean yes we have method man show up here again mm-hmm. um He's always around somewhere. You gotta have Method Man. I think he's, he's on around. every album we've covered so far. Even even <laughs> Creedence Clearwater. <laughs> you didn't hear him. In- he's, he's, he's he's a little low in the mix, but yeah, he's he's there. He's, he's, he's there. Um, yeah, just there. There's a certain. 
There, there's a grimy. There's a little like there is still the like the the reverence for the city and like and the sort of self mythologizing I think that comes with New Yorkers and like oh you gotta make it here and da, 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 whatever I find it kind of tiresome. However, I can't dispute that like the New York sound and the East Coast sound. I mean that's that has such a history um, mm-hmm. and you can hear it like this. I don't I don't think a rapper would be like upset about a lot of these beats to work with mm-hmm. you know, provided they weren't 30 years old you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like, like it just it doesn't feel that dated it feels it's a very pol- that that is another thing not only uh biggie's delivery but the polish the presentation of this album is a huge i think level higher than than uh, than for example tupac and some Correct. of the other contemporaries yeah, he also sings in the song about the realization that he was able to, for the most part, avoid you know drug dealing and whatnot. Unless he was at some point, I've, I've missed that. But, but by being a rapper, he was able to bypass a lot of that. And mm. he also notes something that I think a lot of people realize about young black men in America to avoid, mm. you know, this this certain trajectory that feels like it's just already in place for you that you either have to become a rapper or be you know excel in sports or something like yep. that. And he even raps about that in this. Yep. In this yeah, so. which felt yeah. Exactly. Feels doesn't feel dated Any at all. Yeah. Thirty years later. Which is sad, which is a real sad comment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Give me the loot. Yeah, but it sets the stage. This I this might be the standout track for me. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. I don't know if you get any better. Because again, the oh, this I mean it's good. Uh I'd like to hear your favorite. But okay. what what's cool to me is I think the first time I like I psyched myself out. I was like, I I'm like, oh, I'm so um, impressed with this vocal range. Not only with like the way he's playing with, um, you know, the the cadence mm-hmm. of a verse, but also the like the his vocal range. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait, is, is this? And as as many listeners have historically, are like, there are two rappers here. I was like, nope. He did one set, and then he let it. But but to think about that, that's like that's like the, that's like you know, Michael Keaton in Multiplicity standing there staring at a blank part of the screen and acting, and then hearing nothing, and, and then, then continuing to and act, continuing yeah. to act, and then coming and back in and 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 doing the other part, but doing it in a rhythmic way. Like this track seems so seamless, and it is such a wonderful back and forth between two distinct voices. That's the same guy. I don't. I don't think he repeats that feat. I mean, not that you'd want to repeat that feat throughout the album. That would have been kind of mm-hmm. weird and hokey. But it's. It's I, to me. It's always fresh. It's always super fun because it gives the track such dynamism. Right. Of like the the like the younger. It's almost like giving like like telling his younger self like what to do. Exactly. And so and so as you mentioned earlier, this was the track that <clears throat> that um. They got him into a little bit of trouble here and there. So the song is about robbing people and how he doesn't fuck around. He'll get any of you, including pregnant women. And so <laughs> the word is played in reverse on yes. the on the version of the album I listened to yes. because it was too controversial for him to say that he would just like shoot pregnant women, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's not it's cool. It's 2021. I've heard a lot worse stuff today <laughs> in the last six hours. Um, and he also had another word censored in here where he said, bitches get strangled. And I was like, okay, well, because I, so. I, I was I was out on a jog listening to this, and I was like, did he just d- censor his own words? And, and so right. I wanted to circle back to that and be like, what what exactly was? I mean, it's like I'm listening to the explicit album. Why are these right. words? It was and it was yeah. because of the nineties, just as um, Method Man in on Tupac in, in in his album got word censored even on the explicit. Word. It just was was it was I think a either came from the record company or just from the producer level and just saying we don't we know there are certain things that are going to bring so much heat down on us you want to play the bad boy you want to be bad boy records not the worst boy records <laughs> worst place records <laughs> it's a good song though it's not a bad song at all it's, I, it's, it's it's not it's it's not bad it's not the right thing to say it's a Grim the Lude is a great track and of course it was sampled by Travis Scott yes yes i just think it's i think it's the most dynamic it's the most engaging it 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 brings all of his 
storytelling, mm-hmm. his his witty lyricism, the drama of it that plays out like over the length of like, oh shit, it's the cops. Like everything, it's like, because I think sometimes those kind of storytelling efforts can really be hokey, but this mm-hmm. is just so engaging. It's just, it's, I, I, I love it. Machine gun funk. I live for the funk. I'll die for the funk. <laughs> I live for the funk. This is what you want to hear. You want to hear 36-year-old a woman named Lisa. Yeah. I live well, for the well, funk. You still die live. for the funk. I'm and drinking bad wine. I'm rapping Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> I'm not doing so well. Um, a and sample that- from Lords of the Underground's Chief Rocka. Mm-hmm. Interesting little sample there. Mm-hmm. He's essentially just saying he'll do whatever it takes. Another... Yeah. Again, so, this run of tracks... And we, we need to take a moment about, of course, Sean Puffy Combs. I wish he'd shut up um, yes. on this album. Please won't you shut up, sir. <laughs> I'm glad you shared that sentiment because I felt it too. It's tough because if you actually look at the production credits for the album, he didn't produce most of the really good beats. What was that he so? Was like, he was like a co-producer on some of the tracks. But that's not to put him under because clearly... He helped push because Biggie had a certain um, thing he wanted to get done, mm-hmm. and and Puffy because of his, um, he had a lot of dreams, he had a lot of big ideas, all of which I mean, this is nineteen ninety four. From I mean, it, and by look at think of that by the end of the decade, Puffy was incredible, and Biggie would have been right next to next to him, you know, well, yeah. if, he, if, he'd, if he'd have made it. Like, Yeah, but I don't know. Biggie, I'm not Biggie. Uh, Puffy. P- Puffy, he was he was always someone who I, I've, I've had a bit of a thorn in my paw for him for a long time, because he always seemed to be like, this is the me show, but I'm not as deserving of it. Was he was he a great musician? <clears throat> and was, I mean, like he brought some of the biggest tracks of the late 90s, yeah. absolutely, but it, he was not Compared to anyone else that was at you know at a comparable sure. level in you know any time lately, it's like no, sir, you've been fully eclipsed by everybody. I, I, I but I, I think yeah, the, his his value is what he brought in terms of kind of in an executive position on this album. Like he he was the one that was like because because obviously, uh, Biggie brought this very real street level vision, and then Puff would be like okay. Let's do that. But also, how about some slow jams? How mm-hmm. about something that a little different, like a different side, something that's a little bit friendlier for radio? And there's a there's a article the making of and and Biggie was was reported to say he's done well by me for everything with him, so I'm going to trust him on doing this kind of material. Mm, okay. And I think that really really like played out. So I I have to give credit where credit is due. I'm annoyed at the at the talk back like just like him him just especially when Biggie's operating on the level that he's operating right and then you have this just sort of listless right okay like it's, just, it's like just get off the mic get off the mic oh get can you go get everyone some coffee or something <laughs> puffy please can you it, yeah it's it's too much later he would refine his technique some <laughs> But he was just, he just, just always seemed so a little listless. lazy. Yeah, nothing. He his energy was never there. No, even if he did produce some of the the good tracks, it just I don't know. Again, his his talent seemed to be firmly behind on the other side of the microphone, not gotcha. behind the mic, but, but, but on the other side. Anyway, that's that's my. Do you feel similarly about, about Timbaland? No, and that's what's interesting about talking about Puffy. That's I think what we need to bring it up is because it's like that the the famous charge, right? We invented the remix. Okay, what I think he's really trying to say there, right, is he helped pioneer and change the relationship of on the mic, off mic talent, right? Because without Puffy, I don't know if you have the same kind of superstar producer trajectory that now is super storied, including Kanye himself, Timbaland, um, I mean, it, it's, it like we and then then we and we go so far as like Uptown Funk, right? That's 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 this this arc of like, well, I could I'm 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 here too. So yeah. Anyway, that's a whole different show. We'll have to get it. Uh, I did read that for Machine Gun Funk, Biggie himself said this was his favorite song. Cool. It's interesting to see. I think it was one of the best, like most authentically '90s rap oh, songs yeah. on this album. So we move on to Warning. 
song about a warning given to Biggie about people basically trying to go after him, take him out. Um, the song has a line that sticks out to me that makes me really feel like Biggie was a superior rapper between he and Tupac, or I guess, or maybe even just at the time, because it's sure. not even just about he and Tupac. I, I think the of all the rappers. Ra- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he says, I mean, maybe this isn't that great of a line, but I was reading it. I was just like, no, this is this is this is what makes him different to me. Now they've now they heard you're blowing up like nitro, and they want to stick the knife through your windpipe slow. Or is I, I, of course, I butchered the delivery of that. Thank sure. you very much. But I was just like, that's that's so that's so unique. That's just a unique formulation of what you're saying there. I was yes. just like, that's just that's great. I was just like, I never I, I never heard anything like that from Tupac per se. Mm-hmm. His stuff was very straightforward. Sure, and and, and I, right. I think there are the a lot word more. Play yeah, and the in the inner that like exactly the the way that rhyme is constructed, mm-hmm. right? On the like inter um, syllable, right? Level. I was I was just like, no, that's impressive, and I yeah. I really dig that a lot. Maybe not the whole stabbing you in the throat situation, but the line <laughs> and the, the delivery it's the of the nineties. The nineties, <laughs> just have a little bit in the throat. You'll get, you'll be fine. We all know first attack. You, you you're usually fine. You live to tell about it. Second. Second attack. Shame on me. Egg on my face. Egg on, <laughs> egg on my face and on and my windpipe. Um, so yeah, warning. Uh, did go- you did you like this line? I'm so sorry. Touch my cheddar. <laughs> Feel my Beretta. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> we talk about guns all the time. Because you 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 know your guns quite well. Sure. And so, what was the one I was trying to reference this week? I was I was impressed because there is a there is a um. There is a lyrical check to also a very early '90s gun, as now gun, which is of course the Glock. But he he uh, he references 32 rounds, which is not usually a, a normal round count, but it is for the quote unquote. They just call him the Big Stick, which is the the a magazine made for the automatic version of the Glock, the Glock 18, and very it's just an uncommon round count so it's just one of those things where it might sound to the common listener that's a weird number of rounds like you're just making it up it's like no he's very specific it's the big stick magazine so props you and Becky could have talked shop about guns a little bit a little bit tools of the trade when you make it to heaven go find him hey let's talk about that 32 mag 32 round magazine you were rapping about I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go after him just a little bit, which is uh, for one of the best, and still again, basically close to thirty years old. Doesn't feel old. Mm-hmm. It feels so much fun. It's a great listen. It doesn't waste your time, but it is. It stops a moment for maybe the worst ASMR I've ever heard. Several times. This album. There's a lot that's upsetting. There's a lot that upsetting. And starting, I'm pretty sure on the end of "Give Me the Loot," I didn't, I didn't write it down. But when he does the like horrible bronchial cough after hitting a blunt, or or there's just a lot of a sounds. Puff, I didn't even write down of, some of the stuff. Some of the sounds get get real, and I listened to Too all real. of it on headphones, Same. and I really wish some of that weren't there. I don't remember which track had the like blow job at the end, but I was like, yeah, I wish I didn't hear that. Yeah. Then like that. There's a lot, uh, but it, we'll but it starts, it. it starts with that horrible, like I, my, your lungs hurt after hearing that cough on headphones. Oh really? Yeah. I don't remember hearing that one. I'm sure I heard it, but in the time of COVID I've heard all kinds <laughs> of coughs lately. So, all right, we are ready to die. This is my favorite track on the album. Okay, this I mean one, it's it's yeah, I I see it's very tight with me. I just I just like the the energy of uh, of give me the loot. I like the energy of ready to die because right. I feel <laughs> similarly. <laughs> but the but the music is great. The music yes. is really really good. Yeah, it's hundred percent my favorite. Biggie says that this song is not specifically about dying, but more about like letting go of his previous life. And this was all to be setting up for the anticipation of life after death. Mm. The album. So. Um, I got techniques dripping out my butt cheeks. I, that, Makes me giggle every time, like a like a six year old. And well, that's that's the other thing I think that compared to other rappers, he's so smart, he's so fast, mm-hmm. but he's also at turns playful, mm-hmm. like that. That's a that's a funny, it's a very funny thing. To where, say. Whereas you think of the the again the 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 sort of stereotype of the the gangster rapper mm-hmm. that is all posture and all like has to be 
hard all the time. That's not what you picture. Just a really funny, disarming kind of moment. But also like when he mentions um there's a there's a there's like shout out, my mom has breast cancer, right? Yeah. Like yeah. and just to have this sort of moment of great vulnerability. Yeah, it really and is sadness right. is like whoa, this reframes everything else I'm hearing. Because the tendency to say, if it were just, I get my Glock, I will mm-hmm. rob you. You know, there are a lot of rappers that did that, but that 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 very quickly, you know, turns into a certain kind of caricature. Right. And to let these other things through is to say, this isn't a character. This is a person saying, this is who I am, or at least was. This is what I, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna, gonna tell the truth. Mm-hmm. This is also one of those tracks that I wish Biggie, or not Biggie. Damn it, Puffy would have shut the hell up. Yeah. But he didn't, but it's okay. Because With AI technology, is there a way to just to, to take him out of the is app? Is there a way to Google this album, but then comma... puffy list Minus Puff Daddy. <laughs> minus Puff Daddy. Minus Puff Daddy. Just, 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 just from the music part. Ready to Die is a great song. Yeah. It, it's perfect for the... I mean, it, it is the title of the album. It's just a great song. I love it the most. It was my favorite. I come it, back it, to it, it all It time. does not disappoint for a title track, right? Correct. It's like, Correct. if, if you're going to take this and put the name of the album and this is the title, like, it does. It, it does it, it. It, it delivers. One more chance. Ooh, Biggie, give me one more chance. Yeah. This is, uh, starts with a bunch of answering machine, answering machine messages from women That's who right. are pretty super the hell mad at him uh, for, like, ghosting him, them or having sex with them or their friends or whatnot and then it's then rolls into like a super threatening song about his dick <laughs> and his love life let me just read some some lines to you honeys call me bigger the condom filler hit you with the dick make your kidney shift i wear 13s you know what i mean i know what you mean i know what you mean the next batter here to shatter your bladder and and then also finally, really though, I got the cleanest, meanest penis. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just the pure love of wordplay there. It's it's it's, it's wonderful. It's so much it was, fun. It, it, it's like as much as I could not listen to this song in front of the kids, I'd be like, right. oh, kids, come listen to this super fun. Like, yeah. how are you not fun rhyming? <laughs> listen how fun this is, guys. He do have the meanest, cleanest penis. I get it. Again, this is this cleanest, is from, meanest, from the uh, from the XXL magazine um, sort of storytelling about recording of this track by track. Little C says, "My sister did the interlude for one more chance with all the girls on it. The other girls on it. That's just my sister's friends. My little niece, she did the intro part for one more chance. Uh, all you hoes calling for my daddy. Uh, it was just people that were just around. And if we know, we need to. Yay! Hey, we need this hooked on. Like you know, it just. Yeah. I just love. I love that. And I. As with as with Tupac, although this album certainly is is more polished, there is still that like immediacy that speaks. Where like, God bless him, and I I love his super polished late period studio albums. But when I hear Kanye, I don't hear that life in it anymore. Right? Yeah. That everything's been so scrubbed and so done over in Pro Tools. I don't feel like there's anyone in the studio. I feel like we're in some crazy. Uh, you know, an abandoned bank, and there's like a, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's like people in like his his crazy uh, outfits, and they have masks on, and they're not allowed to talk. Are you just are you just talking about Eyes Wide Shut? Or are you talking about a Kanye? That's the recording of most of Kanye's albums now. <laughs> is, is Eyes Wide it? Shut? Eyes the, Wide Shot. The album Eyes, Eyes Wide, Wide Shot. Shot. Eyes, I, I'm Canadian now. Eyes Wide Shot. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Anyway. Well, next. <laughs> and then, then that's, next, that's we all have. Fuck me. Well, yeah. Miss uh, Lil Kim. Thanks, yeah, Lil Kim, for your contribution. And, and Lil Kim. And, uh, do you and think a, this was? Do you think this was real? It was. It, it, I didn't. I could. I did not have the balls to look up to see if it was real it, or not. No, it was real enough that in the studio they were upset because they're like, "Well, we'd like to have some sounds." Well, there was a piano bench and Biggie. Being a big fellow. You look this up? This is part of the XSL mag. Okay. Like they're talking oh, okay, about gotcha. it. And he's sitting on the piano bench. And like this is in the studio, but they made it realistic enough where. I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 this, he, was, he was shifting his weight on the piano bench, and that's how you got the creaking. And everyone was just like, this is too much. 
it was too much yeah. this is another another of the intervals of like mm. again when you're out on a jog and this one comes up it sneaks up on you it's like i was not ready for any of this no. i was not ready for that again it's an interlude incredibly well mic'd too disturbingly well. disturbingly realistic don't tell people who love asmr about this because that's not it's not okay um the what met the, the man is back here so he much is fun. there was a great there, a great description of how the what got its track name is the producer um easy moby um who had worked with miles davis and Miles Davis, who was a very laconic, you know, famously laconic, would just not talk and would maybe give, you know, monosyllabic answers for things. Hmm, I didn't know that. He'd be like, well, you know, I'm recording this. What do we call this? And he's like, call what you want. Like, he just, like, he, he wouldn't even deign to, like, call things things. And then he was thinking about that. And he would think about how, you know, like a lot of people working on a computer, you got to call it something before you save it. And so he was putting it to... Puffy and Biggie talking about, well, we just lay down this track. What do you want to call it? They're like, I don't know. And you're like, well, we got to call it something. I have to save it on my files. Right. Got to call it something. He's like, the what? <laughs> and they're like, all right. Like, <laughs> we like that. Like, and it's just one of those things. Again, I just love the spontaneity of it. It's very good. Yeah. Hmm. Neat, it's very neat good. Little detail. He and Biggie go so well together. Method Man. Um, yes. Fuck the world. Don't ask me for shit. Everything you get, you got to work hard for it. And so that's just essentially essentially him saying, don't... And throughout the song, they're like, don't come up on us asking for free handouts. Yep. Like, we had to work hard. You also have to work hard. Mm -hmm. Like, you want to get to where we were? You do this too. You put in the time. I think that's a reasonable mm -hmm. thing to tell. Yeah. You know, someone trying to make it in the business, you know? Yeah. Because anyone who was successful, didn't it didn't just, like, fall in their laps. They had to grind hard for it. Oh, yeah. Handing out mixtapes, hand, you know, you, you don't talk to about, shows or You talk about shows? making making sacrifices. They, um, they're, uh, this is as recounted by Puffy in 2009, um, uh, a friend of Biggie's named, that went by D-Rock. Um, the ultimate test of friendship. Um, they were arrested the two of them were arrested for uh gun possession which is a huge felony um in new york there was only one gun between the two of them and the policeman hinted that they could only implicate one of them of the two of them biggie and and d-rock they could only implicate one of them for who was in possession of the handgun and d-rock looked at biggie and knowing that Biggie had already gotten his record contract, took took the bid. Damn. Now that's being a friend. That's a friend and a half. So he, uh, I forget. There's there, there's reference to it in at least. I I'm sorry. I have to look in the, the notes. But there's 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 reference to my my, my I think it's he says my friend INF and talks about ninety nine ninety three, whichever song that is. And that's in reference to the fact that D-Rock did a three-year bid for possession Shit. of a handgun for Biggie because, hey, I don't have a record contract. Yeah. Here you go, buddy. Wow. And that's, <laughs> I mean. That's a friend. I would not do friend. that for any of you friends. Here, I know. If you're listening. Sorry, friends. I'm not going to Sorry, jail friends. for you. We're not quite that ride or die. No. I will be like, no, it was hers. Hers. <laughs> she has, it was her please, gun. Please, oh, this please. This was, this was, oh. That was her gun. That's not my gun. <laughs> yeah, I'm drunk driving, but that's her gun. That is her gun, sir. I'm simply, you think what I'm doing is bad? She has a gun. <laughs> Wait, it's Texas. They give guns out with your birth certificate now. It doesn't aye, matter. Aye. Juicy. If you don't know, now, now you, you know, know, friend. Another one, if you look up the the alternate recordings one, this had a different beat, which is really interesting because that's, this How is of course. You. Oh, that's right. You did say that. I can't a, handle that. I know, but this is like, one of the classic beats that you associate with 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 uh, with Biggie. This track I was listening to this week, and I, I didn't know it very much, mm. um, and it made me smile so hard listening to it. it was like, I mean, it's just a song like a triumphant little song for him about like him having made it mm -hmm. after lots of people 
tearing him down, thinking he wasn't going to make it. I mean, he opens the track, dedicating it to the people who all said, who always said he wasn't going you know, to, didn't think he was going to do anything. Haters, to the as haters, we would say to now. To the haters. H8. Haters. Yours. 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 I, this line in particular, the opening of the third verse, Super mm. Nintendo, Sega Genesis, when I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this. I, like, I was riding yeah. around listening to that. I was like, I know exactly how good you must have felt at that exact moment looking around being like, look at all this shit I have. I had nothing. Yeah. Christmas must have missed us or whatever it was he said. It's just yeah. like, it just, yeah, to have finally made it. What a, what a, what an incredible. And not, in, and not in such a way that it is, you know, what the sort of the, the parody version of rap would become mostly in the hands of like, people like Sean Puffy Combs, right? Mm-hmm. Fronting so Take hard. But fronting so hard, you're standing on a yacht, yada, yada, yada. That's not what this track is, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just being a, like... He has a Sega Genesis. I finally He's have. Stoked. I have both systems. I have a sofa the color of money. <laughs> it is leather. It is a green leather sofa. I love my sofa. Yeah. I got it from yeah, Ashley's I furniture. Think that's, that's part of the, the joy of just what, how charming the track is. It's like we made it... What was his real name? Like, Christopher Wallace? Is that right? I believe so. I know it was Wallace, but I don't remember his first name. I think it was that. Putting five carrots in my baby girl's ear. Yeah. I never did that. Hmm. For me. My earlobes would probably be stretched out even harder if I had done that. But I don't know. It just made me feel good. It was a great track. He was. It's you could feel classic. the energy, the happiness, the joy, the pride. You know. I don't know. Yeah. Very. Not much to say. Just a. It's, it's, it's absolute classic. Absolute well, we classic go from that high down to everyday struggle, which has like a really melancholic musical melody, which was the one uh-huh. I was kind of humming beforehand. You're like, what the hell are you singing? I was like, yeah. it's this sad Thank one. You. Well, I just couldn't place it. But right. right. Well, because it's it's weird. It, it does. It sounds like it's out of tune. Mm-hmm. Which is how I sing. So it's perfect for me. I don't want to live no more. Sometimes I hear death knocking at my front door. And so it's, it's a song about essentially being like a drug dealing kingpin and just wreaking havoc everywhere you go mm-hmm. and knowing that like you don't really you don't care. Yeah. Uh, from the from the words of Lil Cease, um, the storyline of it, that shit is just a real mission for some people. Like just that whole rundown. It was so detailed. Just that struggle. Just that life moving that way. He mm-hmm. just broke that shit down, detailed it. Um, it's like telling something about his life or somebody else's life. That shit is like watching a series of watching a movie, or watching a series or watching a movie. And mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't have said it better. So I, I, li- exactly I like right. that detail. Everybody's struggle is good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my bitch. <laughs> Funny how much it echoes. <laughs> they wonder why they call you bitch. That's uh, true. From Tupac, which, which was the diss track specifically. If you look up, there is a story about. Um, Faith Evans being called in to do some vocal work on Wonder Why They Call You Bitch. And she didn't know what she was getting into because that beef had already existed. And she's like, all right, I'll come in and I'll do it. And then she she like catches who's in the room and realizes it's kind of an ambush as right. far as like a way to try and escalate the beef because she maintains she never had sex with Tupac. Right. And so... Faith Evans is amazing, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She really is. I just spilled wine everywhere. I'll deal with that later. Goodbye, wine. Um, son of a bitch. Um, son of a my bitch. Me and my bitch. Um, <laughs> it is a, this line, when I met you, I admit my first thoughts were, was to trick. You look so good. I suck on your daddy's dick. Well. <laughs> right. Right. Another, another of, to me, a line a lot of rappers wouldn't be comfortable throwing he down. He just said right? it. Well, it's, and it's hilarious, it's right? Amazing. Just, just, just again the the there's a line of like what you'd say among friends to get them to laugh is the kind of stuff that Biggie right. would include on this album, which is what that's the again I got yeah. It's a great line. He just it's has some really line. funny lines. It's essentially talking about like the idyllic relationship between himself and a woman. Um, a woman that's just like down to be as loyal to him yeah. as he wants to be to her. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman that's down to be like dedicated to this game that he's in as well. Kind of, kind of as rough as he is, right? But also as like sensitive, right? Like going you know. for it as much as he is. Yeah. yeah. But then at the end, she gets shot. Get shot. 
It makes it a great, a very, again, a, a sort of uh, a extremely dramatic, very sort of like New York, like, you know, it's a noirish, frankly. A it sort is. Of a noirish song. It is. Really excellent. Me and my bitch is good. But then you got Big Papa. I love it when you call me Big Papa. Throw your hands in the uh, air if you are a true player. 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 Um, aside from Hypnotize, this is probably the only, this is probably his, the second track I knew most. Yes. From, from Notorious B.I.G. Yes. Um, it's a bit softer than his other stuff, kind of more R&B without the singing per se, just like a bit of a softer rap situation, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. It does. A song about being at a party, just having a good time, macking, macking on women. I wrote macking <laughs> on women. I wrote that on purpose. Yeah. I am macking on women tonight. Hello. Hello. Have I'm, you been macked on tonight? Here I come. Here I am. My Hello. name is, what I believe is Christopher Wallace. <laughs> Why didn't I look that up before the show? I'm, I feel very confident that it's Christopher Wallace. I feel very confident that that's Siri? what it was. Just, hey, serious. Hey, serious. Serious? Listen, I spilled red wine. It's not going well. Hey, Siri. What is Notorious B.I.G.'s birth name? Christopher George Lennon. Boom. Noise. I knew it. That's why I didn't have to look it Be confident. Be confident. I was. Uh, this, for the production of this, I love because um, the Isley Brothers, first of all, are all-timers. Honestly, it would probably be great to cover um, an Isley Brothers record because you'd be like, "No, that's where well, that maybe. beat. That's where that beat is from." Mm-hmm. Because so much of classic hip hop uh, sampled some of their stuff. But it's neat because this is um, in the in the telling of taking this beat. Um, I can remember this is from Matt Lifey. Um, yeah, so he says, I think another important misconception about the making of this album is the production of the album was that Puffy was coming up with creative, catchy loops for Big to rhyme on. Big was very savvy himself in thinking of creative, catchy loops to rhyme on. I can remember him specifically, him telling me, I'm going to rhyme over that Bonita Applebum uh, track, me? which is a tribe called Quest, which is a sample of the Isley Brothers Between the Sheets. Damn. And so... Seven layer dip right there. Exactly, exactly. So it's super cool because that was a pre-existing loop that had been used in a in a popular song, and they're like, nope, it's now. I mean, Tribe Called Quest, classic, classic act. Great use of the track. It's a fun track if you want to you look up Benita Applebaum. Uh, but now, of course, it belongs to Biggie. Of course, it does. This is a great. Belongs to Christopher Wallace. <laughs> Don't you stop! Stop calling him by his birthday. No, Christopher Wallace is we're, not we're, as good as Notorious B.I.G. We're speaking about him in his professional capacity. You refer to him as Notorious B.I.G. Yes, thank you. Thank you. B d- B dot I dot G. What well, he originally. What, 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 what is the B.I.G. an acronym for? Uh, it Abbreviation for, for. Just those letters, B.I.G. <laughs> B is for B. <laughs> I is for I. B is for G, G, G is for giant. I um, see some ladies tonight that should be having my baby. 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 Yeah. Baby. So much. Again, he the charm, the fun. It's a good line. Playful, like as yeah. It's a good one. Um How about respect? How about this is a crazy track. It sounds now this stuck out to me and I wrote this down because I didn't think about it until after the fact, but this sounded oddly enough like Puff Daddy's All About the Benjamins track. And then it dawned on me, well, if he produced this, he may have later just went on to use a similar, if not the same sample or whatever he was oh, doing. Oh, no, that's, for- that, that's what that's what jumped out at me uh, as well, is when I heard this track, I was like, this is a Puff Daddy beat. Yeah. And it was. It, it was. was produced by Puff, by by Sean Puffy Combs. Yeah, he was, later on, he was like, mm, this is mine again. I'm taking it back. Or or he just would because I I know he he would cut very similar kind of beats very like he just likes to cut that kind of chop for yeah. a beat yeah yeah I could see that I don't, I don't think it's the most successful if any of them it's the one that the energy feels a little off for me like it just doesn't this song I don't know yeah this I don't song know. is respect I thought it was interesting I this was not the one I did not like that I, I liked respect. He's chronicling his whole life, essentially. In the first part of the song, he's talking about all the shit he went through before he was even born with, like, the cord wrapped right. around his neck and, you know, how he thought he wasn't even going to make it out, you know, 
And then the doctor being like, this is a bad boy. He's going to be on bad boy records. You ready? Here we go. Um, and then fast forward to when he's 13. He's right. on the drug scene and gets thrown in jail later on. And then we're in current times in 94. Yeah. And he's a rapper and finally making it and making his mother proud. Yeah. No, so. no, I, 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 Biggie is never, is never the problem. I'm, I'm just talking purely from like how the, the track was put forward and produced and the right. kind of with the, the additional vocals. It just doesn't, doesn't quite gel, I think, the way that a lot of the rest of the album does. Like so classically, this one feels like. Eh. Okay, that's fair. Friend of mine. It's a disrespectful track towards women. Not so great. Essentially, having been Is this hurt the by one them. that starts with the. Uh, I don't remember how this one starts. It's either that or unbelievable. Unbe- unbelievable is pretty different. We'll get back. We'll get to that one in a second. But this sure. one's essentially just talking about how he just he's been hurt so much by women that he's like, we're just going to fuck. And that's it. Like you're, you're, you know, right. but this, this line, man, I wrote this, I wrote this one down because it was, now I play her far like a moon play a star. You keep them at right. Yeah. At arms reach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just like, that's what, a, what a poetic little line that is. Yeah. It's, no, it stands it, out so strongly. Yeah. No, very strong imagery, even on a track you might not. Right. Consider. Do you have anything for a friend of mine? You ready to go to Unbelievable? Yeah. And again, I want to point out that we're talking about track 15 and 16. The album doesn't feel that way when no, you're listening to mm-mm. it. It does not. It moves It moves quickly. It moves I don't remember what the, what the runtime is, but it doesn't it's feel bad. 60 or 70. But yeah, the actual experience of it is not doesn't feel as weighty right. as similar length albums. Gotcha. Unbelievable. Crazy Beat. I don't like this song hmm. i do not like it this is this was my tree fingers it doesn't sit right it's very uncomfortable i was reading up about how the the beat was made and i was just like well it feels like you were uncomfortable as opposed to unbelievable maybe the song should be called uncomfortable because <laughs> he was saying that biggie was like over his shoulders watching him make the beat and he didn't really doesn't like working right. like that but it ended up being that way i don't know it just didn't sit right with me i didn't i didn't this track was one i mean while listening to it on my headphones i'll probably still go for it but right if i'm just listening to albums start to finish but coming back to this one is like okay let's focus on lyrics and everything else it's like no this one isn't for me this one isn't it i i, I thought is again in a i think um it's it's an innovative enough approach to it's 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 a more challenging it's a more challenging beat yeah um and that's what i like about it because of uh, Biggie's very advanced abilities. It was, it was fun. It was fun to hear that. I, I think I would, I would still probably take this one. I think respect is my is my tree fingers. Well, we're gonna fight about that. I'm sure. Fair. But we're at suicidal thoughts. We're at the grand finale of this of this incredible album. Yeah. And at this point, Biggie has picked up the phone. He's called Puff Daddy. Mistake number one. He should not be your final call. Right. Because he's gonna make it all about him. As talk, he did. Talk, the producer talked back on the on the record. <laughs> right, right. No, yeah. where's your girl? Shut, man, shut up! I'm ra- I'm doing a great job rapping. This is a great song. My raps are great. I'm I'm in a bad place. Hey, hey. Puffy, my raps are great. Hey, my raps are so good right now. <laughs> but also, I'm trying to kill myself. So, yeah, essentially, he's just he's just rapping about how shitty he is, his life has been, the things he's done wrong, and how he's ready to die, and he. You know, of course, I mean, he's got the skit to keep it going because Diddy loves his skits. Right. I feel like this was pretty, I want to say this was like a Puff Daddy idea to do the skit thing so that he could A, be included and B, because all of his stuff, all of his music videos, all of his songs, all of them had like a very bloated edition of skits or cinematic things and whatnot and... I don't know, but Biggie does such a good job delivering this track that Biggie just once again eclipses Puff Daddy. <laughs> Even though he's trying to push his way in, it's like, no, this is the Biggie song, you know, Biggie story, the Biggie finale. It's sad. It's real. And right. It's good. Right, and that's the... I'm trying to find... Um, yeah, this is from... Uh, I apologies, uh, Nashim Myrick. I'm probably mispronouncing that name. Um, the energy that came through him was the truth to everybody. 
He said things that was in everybody's head, but no one had ever put down like that. He said things on that album and on that record in particular that a lot of people in the hood, people in the streets, think that way. He said, I'm a piece of shit. It ain't hard to fucking tell. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, how could you say that? Like, And that's... I think that's that's what separates that from you know again the theatricality of it and adding and right. there's other s- stories about like because Biggie literally laid like thud hit the floor of the studio to get the sound of him hitting the floor <laughs> at oh, the really? end of the record yeah and it killed everyone was just rolling laughing after because it was just <laughs> such an incredible thud because he was just like we're just gonna count and then like. Please try and give us a thud because they could. They, they had nothing in the sound libraries, nothing that that was like. This is a convincing like. Well, what's a body hitting the floor sound like? And it's like, well, you get Biggie Smalls to hit the floor. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. And it was like, wow, that was good. We we got it. Um, but the difference between the kind of posturing and theatricality that yeah is often on records, rapper otherwise, and again speaking speaking true you know there's there's enough where it's just like oh that's just a that's a real self-loathing thought yeah you know? these are but these are very honest ones because i think with all the 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 bragging and and gallivanting and everything else all, all the posturing of all these albums that we've been listening to well, all of them tupac's all eyes on me and this one it's like i think at the end of the day you know that the things that you're doing that you're bragging about still i mean that's not Right, you know what your right. core this stuff is. Coming from isn't. a wounded place, sure. Coming from a wounded place is right, and so at at the, at the end of the day, when you have to really sit and be with your thoughts and think about the things that, that are going on, it's like you you may be doing all all that you like all that you can do, yeah, given the circumstances. But you know that these don't feel right, mm-hmm. and that the things you've done aren't always good. No one's perfect, but yeah. It's that's rough. where that's where that's where the album hit homes. And again, on a universal way. Have I lived anything like that life? No. No, not at but all. You, we could you, not judge at all. Sure. And but, but 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 I'm but you you can you can you can feel a real feeling and hear 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 the ring of truth on things. Right. That's that's where that that comes to for me. Like the the famous example far out of right field, I'm sorry. But uh uh Stephen Crane, the Red Badge of Courage. He wrote a story. He wrote a, he wrote a he wrote a short novel about the experience of what it was like to be in the Civil War, to be on the battlefield. And veterans came forward and said, "This guy gets it. This is the first novel that we've read that actually captures what it is actually to be like." Because yeah. he talks about being scared. He talks about how fucked up it is and how terrible and and just just all these bewildering feelings. Right. The only trouble is Stephen Crane never actually had been to war. F. But the point is, is he knew people and he was he had this sort of fearless interrogation of the human condition. He spent a lot of time with people. He had done journalism. He'd done this other kind of things. And so not not to say that Biggie hadn't experienced because he had. But I'm just saying being able to tell the truth, there is a way that truth can be presented in art. Whether it's coming from necessarily autobiographical places or not, if it's coming from a truthful place, people that will resonate with people. And. Well, I, like Stephen Crane, have never been on the tough streets of New York. Mm-hmm. I've smelled a lot of New York piss, but that doesn't, I don't think, count quite as hard. But to hear his work is to say, this still touches me, right? right. Third, nearly 30 years on, great, it's a lot of fun, there's a lot of heart, but then there's a lot, there's a lot of sadness there, there's too. There's a lot, yeah. So. And certainly someone as intelligent and deep as he was, as, as, as connected... As he was, yeah, these things ring true. And then at the end of the at the end of this phone call, he does, as you say, pulls the trigger, shoots himself, and that's the end of it. And then you hear Puff Daddy kind of screaming, and then you hear the phone that's been disconnected, and then you hear the heartbeat that you hear at the beginning of the album, basically roll to a slow stop. Yeah, and that ends ready to die. Which my takeaway word is, I don't I mean I don't. No, I'm gonna say it's a masterpiece. I really yeah. liked it. It was the the fact that he was so young when he did it is just incredible. Um, the utmost respect. Yeah. Be, I mean, leaves. Think about all the fucking idiotic twenty two and twenty four year olds 
running oh, yeah. around the world right now. It's like, shut the hell up and go make an album like Ready to Die. Please do something <laughs> useful with yourself because that album ruled and your TikTok dance that you're doing sucks. Your TikTok dance sucks. Your TikTok dance sucks. Your haircut is stupid. Yeah. yeah. Biggie Smalls is better than you. Yeah, and will be. Forever. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, there's, there is a... Uh, yeah, my, my takeaway is like... Um, yeah. Um, foundational. Um, mm, just because okay. of not having... I mean, I've spent time with some of these tracks. I've never spent time with just the album as the album. And to realize that, like, uh, to take a random example out of a hat, uh, The Roots, Undone, which uh, is death of someone living a kind of a fast life and then his birth but played in reverse and 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 quite honestly undone is simply ready to die played in reverse as far as the the beginning and end of it like Mm -hmm. there are clear precedents for what to be listening to undone is like man the roots is roots are crazy this is such a you know interesting and and you know kind of formally novel kind of sound well that's just because i didn't know my my rap history like it's so clear how just as it is with you know i think any of the rap greats and i'm sure probably with with tupac as well but i think particularly for east coast hip-hop this album it just feels foundational like you, you're like you're going back to something that everyone you've listened to listened to and loved and internalized and tried to say you know what i want to be as good as biggie is they probably weren't but mm-hmm. they tried they tried and that's something so that's notorious b.i.g's ready to die that was a phenomenal album i'm so glad we covered it because i did not know it deserved the respect that it got yeah or I, should, I should say, I, I never gave it the respect that it got. Never gave it the listen it needed. You need to go listen to it. Yeah. It is a great album. It still is fantastic. Because to be an, a kid in the 90s, you saw all the aftermath, mm-hmm. right? You saw Puffy. You right. saw Faith Evans. You saw Mace. all... You saw <laughs> all of the, like, celebration of Biggie's life, but also right. kind of like... I don't know. It just... The bereavement of a of a missing figure. I'll be missing you was like the biggest track. Was huge. Was huge. But that doesn't. It frankly isn't doesn't cut the mustard. It's no. It's cute, but it's not on the level of what Biggie was doing, and that's why it was so keenly felt. They're just like we're fucked up without you. Yeah. And you would be. Yeah. To have known. And how disappointing would it have been? To, I mean, like, if you if you were if you were really on the wavelength of Notorious B.I.G. at the time, you were on his stuff, listening to his music, and then he died. You'd be like, you would be devastated. Same thing. Knew, yeah. Just like you we know, talked but, about. But if you would, do, if, but for you to have been working closely with him and see the fireball right. in right. front of you and then see it extinguished, mm-hmm. devastating. Same with Tupac. Exactly. Absolutely devastating. Yeah. No. To to realize that's that's why what what a such deep wound with the rap and hip-hop community yeah. from losing these two artists, as well as other artists that right. died violent deaths that should not have, right? Right, That deserve better. But particularly these two, that's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, a horrible to contemplate. And this spending time with the albums makes it that much more plain. We haven't even discussed what would be next. What is next? Could there be anything next? We're just, it's all, it's all biggie from here on out. We're just, well, we only have one other album to choose from, so. <laughs> we'll just alternate. We'll do the first album, then the second I even, album. I haven't changed our, pl- I haven't fixed this up. All right, let's do something different. Oh, what the hell? Let's do, um, all right, I need something different. Let's do, uh, oof. Let's do Yes. All right, that would be different. Let's do Yes. Which was Which? the one? Is it Close to the Edge? Is you tell me. You, you put Yes on there. I think it's Close to the Edge. We're gonna do the the album the Biggie would want, which is yes. I don't think that's what he wants. <laughs> Let's do close to the edge because it has, yeah, yes, close to the edge. This is um this is an album. It's only thirty seven minutes long. It's literally three tracks. You crazy for this one? Yes, but yes is just only one of which are maybe produced by Sean Puffy Combs. He he produced all three. Okay, okay. he guest started just, just he guest started in the first one. Okay. This of course has and you and I on it. So of course. Yeah, so we're gonna yeah. no, it's gonna you. be a rough one, but it's a good one. We're gonna do yes close to the edge next week. Um very much looking forward to that. And um that was 
Notorious B.I.G. I'm glad, I'm glad we, we did those two. I'm glad we did those two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we also have a special episode coming up, probably, shit, might even the same day, who knows, um, of our favorite songs that were not, are from albums that will not be covered on the show. So we will post on our Twitter and Facebook, uh, both our No Skips podcast. Um, we'll post a link to that playlist. Uh, it's already out on both right now. Yeah, so if you if you if you're a part of the groups, but you want to hear us talk about it, you do. They're great. They're great songs, but from albums that will not be covered on the show. That's the caveat yeah. there. So we're gonna release that too. But thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. Um, if you would be so kind as to give us a follow on Twitter at No Skips Podcast, and there's a Facebook group No Skips Podcast. I think as well. Just go ahead and join in on the conversation there. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will be back. We will be back next week with Yes, Close to the Edge. Bye. Bye.